Hello and welcome to Meiwei's Chinese Medicine Matters podcast, where we share traditional Chinese medicine news, research, and topics relevant to TCM practitioners and students. I'm Lauren Koffel, and in this episode, licensed practitioner Rachel Blunk discusses a practitioner's perspective on IVF and queer couples. Rachel Blunk, LAC, F-A-B-O-R-M, has been in private practice in Fort Collins, Colorado since 1999. She graduated from the acupuncture school, Pacific College of Health and Science in San Diego, California, formerly Pacific College of Oriental Medicine, in 1998, and from UC Berkeley in 1992, majoring in integrative biology and minoring in Scandinavian studies. A fellow of the Acupuncture and TCM Board of Reproductive Medicine, since 2009, Rachel threw herself into learning everything she could about fertility acupuncture after her own struggles with infertility. She is the author of a book titled Waiting on Pins and Needles, made up of 24 stories of some of the most fascinating paths to parenthood she has seen in her practice. An outdoor enthusiast, she enjoys hiking and skiing with her family, including her two grown kids. IVF and Queer Couples, A Practitioner's Perspective Emily and Joe Emily and Joe met in their mid-twenties and right away knew that they wanted to have children together. For practical reasons, they knew they needed to wait until they could afford to do it, as queer couples face hurdles that heterosexual couples do not. Not only is there the cost of raising a child to consider, but also the added cost of getting pregnant that many straight couples don't have to deal with. Lesbian couples must use assisted reproduction unless they are able to find a sperm donor on their own and are willing to take on the risk of using untested sperm. The couple was together for six and a half years before they felt they were financially stable enough to visit the fertility doctor. Emily, ever the researcher, threw herself into learning everything she could about assisted reproduction. Joe identifies as transmasculine and non-binary and was not interested in carrying a child. Emily had wanted to be pregnant and have a big family ever since she was a little girl, so she was the obvious choice to carry their future baby. Emily appreciated Joe's family's healthy genetics, as her own family's genetics were not the best. Both of her parents had died young, as did some of her aunts and uncles. The couple didn't consider intrauterine insemination, also known as IUI, as an option, since Emily wanted to use Joe's eggs, so IVF was the way to go. She felt envious of heterosexual couples because their babies are usually genetically related to both parents. She adores Joe and wanted the baby to be a part of both of them. After much careful consideration, they chose to use Joe's eggs and Emily would carry the baby. This way, the baby would have Joe's genetics and Emily's biology, since the baby receives all of its nourishment from Emily as she gestates it. Their situation is similar to carrying a donor embryo in which the donated DNA of the embryo is like a page of outlines in a coloring book. The developing embryo gets all of its biology and nourishment, aka chi and blood, from its mother who carries it. She fills in the colors of the black and white outlines. When choosing a fertility clinic, the things Emily and Joe looked for were the success rate of the clinic and that it had to be LGBTQ friendly. 
They found a clinic in Colorado that fit their criteria, but even still, through the entire process, Joe was misgendered at every visit. Emily stressed that this made them both feel like aliens. They strongly feel that the world of healthcare, and in particular reproductive medicine, still has a long way to go in providing welcoming spaces for the LGBTQ community. Another consideration was which sperm donor to use. Genetic health was the number one consideration for the couple, specifically no family history of diseases. The donor had to be negative for cytomegalovirus, CMV, since the couple also was. Fair-haired and blue-eyed Emily also wanted the donor to look a little more Italian, like Joe, so that people wouldn't always wonder if Joe was their future child's nanny. Queer couples with children are subjected to microaggressions that cisgendered and heteronormative couples are not. If the baby looked like both parents, this could cut down on the constant invasive questions that straight couples don't have to deal with while raising children. Unlike some customers of sperm banks, they didn't want a Nobel Prize winner as their donor, but rather someone with a good heart, someone their child would be proud of if they chose to meet their donor after age 18. They deduced from reading his profile that he sounded honest and kind. Joe was 36 at the time they went to the fertility doctor, so the pressure was on to get their eggs out, get them fertilized, genetically tested, and then put on ice for transfer at a later date. The clinic retrieved four eggs from Joe, two fertilized, and after genetic testing, there was one genetically normal embryo. I met Emily at the end of this process when she was preparing to transfer their one perfect precious embryo. After two months of twice-weekly acupuncture, the transfer was a success, and Emily is due in December of 2023. Mel and Aaron Mel didn't feel strongly about being a parent until she settled down and found the right person to do it with. Aaron had always wanted kids, so the couple decided that Aaron would carry the pregnancy. After they got married, and about four years after being together, they visited a fertility doctor. Something shifted in Mel, however, and she decided that in fact she did want to be pregnant. Since she is older than Aaron, they decided that Mel would carry the first pregnancy, and Aaron could carry a subsequent one. Their closest friends, a lesbian couple already navigating the world of fertility, had lots of advice and experience to share with them. Even still, Mel says that knowing these details in her head and experiencing everything were two very different things. She had no idea how hard the emotional roller coaster of four failed IUIs would be. Mel's advice for other lesbian couples is to educate yourself about choosing a sperm donor wisely. This was an expensive lesson for them as they bought six vials of sperm at $1,000 per vial from what on paper looked like a great donor, only to learn that he had done no genetic testing. It was not possible to return the sperm to the bank since it had already been shipped to the fertility clinic. Even if they hadn't shipped it and it had remained in the bank, they would have only gotten 50% of their money back if they hadn't used it. There went $6,000 down the drain. Finding a donor with no genetic diseases and a clean medical history became a top priority. The second donor was CMV negative, and his genetics were good. However, after three failed IUIs with this donor, they learned the importance of finding one who has a history of confirmed pregnancies. Perhaps there was some incompatibility between his sperm and Mel's eggs. They used three vials at $1,000 each and still have three left that they haven't and most likely won't use. Their final donor had been on their favorites list for some time, and after months of testing, his sample became available again. 
His medical and genetic histories were clean, and he had confirmed pregnancies. After another failed IUI, their fourth, they moved on to IVF. The clinic retrieved 19 eggs from Mel, which were fertilized and developed into four healthy embryos, all girls. Their first IVF transfer was a success, and Mel is due in October 2023. I have worked with reproductive endocrinologists, quote, REs, otherwise known as fertility doctors, for over 20 years. They trust me with their patients because over the years they have seen how acupuncture improves their outcomes. It doesn't hurt that many Western studies have confirmed the efficacy of acupuncture on fertility outcomes. The REs I work with are very open to acupuncture and often recommend it to their patients, especially if they have had failed IUIs or IVF cycles. During IUI cycles, I recommend many of Mayway's herbal formulas to help balance hormones, move liver chi, and or boost yin or yang, tailoring them to the patient's traditional Chinese medicine diagnosis. The REs I work with have seen great results with herbal formulas and are open to this. They are, however, not in favor of using herbs during the stimulation portion of IVF, saying they don't know how the herbs interact with the medicines. Out of respect for our working relationships, I don't recommend herbs during this time. If a patient sees me before the stimulation portion of an IVF cycle, I will put them on Mayway's patent formulas as needed to correct any constitutional imbalances according to traditional Chinese medicine. Some favorite formulas to boost yin are Liu Wei Di Huangwan or Jerbai Di Huangwan, depending on how much internal heat the patient has. To boost yang, I recommend Jin Gui Shun Qi Wan, and to boost both blood and yang, Shi Chuan Dabu Wan. Many women love the relief they get from Jiawei Xiaoyawan when they are overheated and grumpy from Clomid or other fertility drugs. When preparing a patient for egg retrieval, some favorite acupuncture points are the Baliao points in the sacrum, with or without acupuncture. These points on the bladder channel, UB 31 to 34, regulate the qi and blood of the bao gong, or uterus. Patients can often feel a sensation in their uterus when these points are used, as they bring fresh qi and blood to the uterus and ovaries. Other favorites, depending of course on the patient's constitution, are spleen 6 to boost yin and blood, liver 3 to move qi during this very stressful time, and also heart 7 and pericardium 7 to calm shen. According to the Mayo Clinic, Research has shown that women with infertility have the same anxiety and depression levels as women with cancer, heart disease, and HIV, so I always throw in points to calm the shen during this time. When preparing a patient for embryo transfer, especially if she has elevated Doppler readings of the blood flow in her uterine arteries, I use the Stenner-Victorin protocol to reduce the impedance. As per the study, the points used are urinary bladder 23, connected to urinary bladder 28, and spleen 6 connected to urinary bladder 57 with acupuncture. This treatment improves blood flow to the uterus, making better implantation outcomes. Although the IVF journey and treatment for queer and heterosexual couples converge at successful implantation, the societal challenges they face are different. As a practitioner, the best thing you can do for a queer couple, after correctly diagnosing them, treating their condition, and getting them in the best shape possible for egg retrieval and transfer, of course, is to listen with a compassionate ear and accept and treat them as you would any other patient, straight or queer. 
Thank you for tuning into this episode on a practitioner's perspective on IVF and queer couples with Rachel Blunk. You can find the original article linked in the episode description. And please subscribe to the show. It's a great way to show your support and to hear when our next episode comes out. In our upcoming episode, you will hear from the Vice President of Mayway Herbs, Eva Lau, on health tips for the Dragon Boat Festival. Until then, take good care of yourself and your patients. Chinese medicine matters, and so do you. Hi everyone, Lauren here again, wishing you a happy and healthy May. As many of you know, Chinese Medicine Matters is the podcast of Mayway Herbs, a TCM online store and dispensary where practitioners can ship directly to their patients. This month on Chinese Medicine Matters, we're focusing on women's health. We'll explore a wide array of topics related to women's health at different stages of life. So stay tuned for informative episodes you won't want to miss. And we're excited to offer a special discount on our Women's Health Formulas category the entire month of May. Practitioners use code WOMEN24 at checkout on mayway.com to receive a 15% discount. And remember to sign up for the Mayway Herbs newsletter for exclusive content and ongoing promotions. The episode description includes a link to sign up. And thanks again for tuning in and supporting Real Chinese Medicine.